it seems in this distraction economy that everything is after your focus. People are constantly trying to get you to look at what they're doing and we get so surrounded with opportunities and options and possibilities where we just get overwhelmed with what to choose and where do I start and how do I know that what I'm doing is the right thing at the right time. Today, I'm gonna to be sharing with you the one thing that you can do that by doing makes everything else easier or unnecessary. If you would like to be able to clarify your focus and get direction from God to really understand what is the one thing that He would have you to do in this season of life, then stay with me because I'm going to be sharing with you this four steps process to help you to prioritize your options and your focus so that you can focus on what matters most to live your calling. But first, my name is Enoch Leffingwell, and here at the Army of Youth, we are passionate about helping young people to identify their unique talents and to dedicate them to the Lord's service. If this is something that interests you, then I encourage you to subscribe or to follow us on social media because we release new videos like this and uh, more trainings to help equip gospel soldiers who are ready to enlist in the army of youth to be able to take the gospel to the world and finish the work. If this is something of interest to you, then subscribe for more messages like this and, and make sure to get the notifications. So in this four-step process for one thing that you could do to make everything else easier and necessary, I'm going to share with you some of the four most helpful things in, in helping me to identify what to prioritize as running a, a ministry, being in full-time ministry for eight years, and working with teams of young people of really all generations, there's a lot of decisions to have to be made. There's a lot of opportunities and calls and people uh, trying to grab the attention and, and just trying to understand, where do I focus? What do I do? These are the four steps that I've found that the Word of God um, suggests or helps to, um, to prioritize a focus. I believe you'll help it. You'll enjoy it too. First one. Psalms 27 and verse 4. This is a scripture song. I really like it. And it says, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, that will I seek after. So in this verse, we see that God is, is talking about there is one thing, this one thing that I desire. And it is so good for us to ask that question, the focusing question for you to be able to identify out of all your opportunities, what is the one thing that you can do such that by doing would make everything else easier and unnecessary? Now the question alone may not may spark more questions and answers and be like, well, yeah, what is that one thing? How do I find that one thing? How do I know what that is? Well, this is another way of phrasing it that I found to be really helpful. And this is... Um, what is called the one big domino. It gives another analogy of saying the same thing. I want you to picture or ask yourself, um, what is the one big domino, this, this one domino that you can do when you knock over that one domino, it's going to have the longest domino run of a chain of events. And if you can identify that, it will make everything else easier and necessary. Because by doing that one thing, as you can imagine, just knocking over one, doing one task, you could have a downward no run and effect of, of so many other reactions. But the problem is, a lot of times what we do, that domino might be tasks. Each domino might be an activity or a decision or a um, conversation or some activity that we do. Um, but if really there's always going to be one thing that you can do that when you focus on that 
everything else is used or necessary and it really starts falling into place so to speak but our problem is a lot of times if we don't take the time to step back and count the costs and to see our options and to see what we're gonna do then what we end up doing is we start working like 32 dominoes in and we're like all right let me let me tackle this and then I and then I knock off this one I knock off this one and we start working backwards or uh, slipshod or haphazardly going to work on our to-do list without any prioritization. We see what needs to be done. We start working the moment that it comes into our mind. We might be in the middle of doing something and then we get a ding and we're like, oh, let me check my message. And, or you might be in the middle of conversating with someone. You're like, oh, that reminds me, I need to go do this work. And then you start working over there and we do all of this multitasking, which studies have shown that really when we are multitasking, we're not really multitasking. Some people think they're great multitaskers, but our brain actually um, it, we're really task switching. We're not multitasking, we're task switching. And every time that we switch, a little bit of our attention residue is left to the last thing that we were working on and it takes longer to get in the groove and the focus of what we're doing here. So it makes everything else harder and even more necessary that otherwise wouldn't be showing up in our lives. So if you are multitasking, I encourage you, stop doing that. Do not believe the myth. Allow me to bust this for you that this is not a skill to be proud of. This is something that destroys our attention and limits our effective uh, our efficiency in the Lord's service. So identify what is that one thing. And um, I'll give you an example. What that may look like is um, like for me, it is like having intentional devotions. I have known, I've noticed that when I skip my devotions or when I do not have that regularly, it's like everything else in the day becomes harder and there's so much more unnecessary issues and trials that I have to deal with because of maybe my mental state is not doing very good or my focus isn't as clear and it seems like I'm drained. It's like this joy of the Lord is just left and I'm like, what is going on? It's like this day is not the same, but it's because I didn't spend that quality time with the Lord in the morning. So for many of us, if we're having inconsistent devotions, that may be the one thing that we can do, such as by doing, if we could have intentional devotions, everything else would be easier unnecessary. That quality time in communion with the Lord and in contact with Christ could help us to be Christ-like, to be kinder to our family and our household, to be more focused, to have more direction, more answers and questions, rather than all the confusion that comes when we distance ourselves from Christ. I have found that that is the one thing that many of us can do, such as by doing to make everything else easier and necessary. That's the one big domino. If we could figure out how to master our mornings and spend time, quality time with the Lord, then everything else, it's just this huge chain of uh, reaction of activities that could take place um, that otherwise wouldn't be done. Another thing that I found in answering this question is, uh, what one thing could I do? And um, imagine if you, you ask yourself, at the beginning of every day, what is one thing you could do today that by doing it, there's only one thing you did at the end of this day that helped move the mission forward, it helped work towards an important project or an important goal or desire that you have, and if you could just focus on doing that first, then it will help you to move forward in the direction God's calling you. How much, how much easier, I mean, how, how much further could you be in life? How much, like imagine if you did the most important thing a lot of times we wake up, we just start reacting to the day, we pick up our phone, we start responding to messages and allow other people 
to like set our agenda for us. Now our task, our, our mind is fully confused and now exhausted. And then we, we, if at the end of the day we have enough time, then we try to do the priorities and the things that are going to really uh, make a difference. But sometimes it doesn't happen. That's when our devotions get crowded out. That's when we start pushing out the relationships that matter most to us. We start neglecting those things that are really important, but they're not very urgent. So they never really get on our, uh, our attention for that day. So what I found is super helpful for me is this Live Your Calling account book. Every day, I ask myself um, on and, and um, our students, we ask ourselves on question 10, in our morning conversation with God, we're praying to God and we're saying, Lord, what is the one thing that I could do today such that by doing would make everything else easier and necessary? And each morning, it's part of our routine that we ask ourselves that one thing. And as we pray and as we contemplate to God, He shows us. He shows us that one thing and it makes a huge difference. And uh, when we get that, it helps everything else to be easier. And so even if we don't get like all 20 things on our agenda, but we get that one thing, we know that today was a pretty productive day and it was able to move the needle forward. And that one, one thing may shift. There's another question that we ask in the evening is at the end of our evening examination, we have an evening routine where we, where we ask, what is one area that I can seek direction from God by being intentional with my devotions? And in that evening, as the night before, we're not wondering, like, what am I going to study my devotions today? Or where am I going to go and just aimlessly search the scriptures? But we're very focused, like, this is a specific problem I have. This is a question I have. This is impacting my life. And I, I want to focus on this. I want to understand this. If I'm struggling to wake up in the morning, then I want to study what does the Word of God say about the morning? I don't want to be studying about, like, uh, women being silent in the church if the greatest problem in my life is that I'm disconnecting from Christ and I need to spend time with Him, let me go study that in God's Word and allow God's Word to give me practical tips so I can wake up earlier and change my beliefs about, uh, about waking up in the morning. So that's a thing that we commit to. And imagine if every day, evening and morning, you ask yourself, what is the most important thing, the one thing you could do? How different would your lives be? So that, that domino run can make a huge difference. And for me... The one thing that is super important is for me to fill out my daily account book every single day because I know that if I could just start this process, then it would have a chain of domino effects in the system of, of focus and the system of beholding Christ and, and reflecting on God's calling in our life and seeking direction that has been outlined through these biblical-based principles and if I'm able to really focus on doing that one thing in the morning, everything else gets easier. But if I skip this, then my day is exhausted, it's tired, and it's hard to make decisions and know what to do. So that is the first principle. The second principle is, is found in, the, in John chapter 4 and verse 10. It comes from the life of Christ. You see, when Jesus dealt with people, he was speaking to the woman at the well. And he was saying, woman, give me the drink. And she's like, what? How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink of me? And Jesus responded, well, if you knew, if you knew who it is that's asking you for water, you would ask of me for living waters. And she's like, living waters? So she came to this well looking for things to quench the thirsting of her, of her body. But really she had a, Jesus understood that there was a thirsting of her soul and that the world can never satisfy but he had what she needed. And rather than taking away her water, or rather than taking away all the things 
that she had tried to fill because she had like six men in her life and the one she's with now is not her husband and um, it, she's just been searching for love in all the wrong places. Instead, what God did, he gave this principle that I like to call something better. And he gave her living waters. And by giving something better, she's able to prioritize and be like, whoa, that, now that's the water I need. And it helps to understand. Now, in dealing with our uh, focus and prioritizing what one thing we could do and trying to identify what is that, one question I like to ask is, what is something better? When you're looking at options, what is going to have the greatest impact on my life, on the cause of Christ, in the marketplace, in the lives of those around me? What is going to make the greatest difference? Or it's just something better. Or if I have the option to do five things right now and I really can only do one, in this next hour or in this one day, out of the options that I have, what is... Another question is, what's going to have the greatest consequences? Um, high performers, people who, like Christ-like habits is to recognize what are the things that are, when we sit down and count the costs, Luke 14, 28 describes how, look, when you're intending to, to build anything, and if you're going throughout your day, when you're going to plan, we need to sit down first and count the costs to see whether we have sufficient to finish it. So there's this counting costs. It's this looking at the... Um, the consequences of seeing what's going to have greater consequences because a lot of times we focus on things that are of little to no importance and we crowd out our time reacting to all these demands of others and we allow these uh, crises to open to our life and it seems like we're going from one fire to the next to the next and we're like oh man what is going on when is this ever going to end it ends when you make a decision today to to prioritize and do first that which is going to have something better as a result. It's going to have higher consequences that will have greater impact. And when you really take time to filter your opportunities through the impact for Christ, for, for yourself, for, for solving the problems in the marketplace and the cause of Christ, then you will start to find greater fulfillment. You have the time that you need to do the things you were called for. So that's number two, is something better. That's how you can prioritize. The next uh, the third step is found in this principle um, of Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. Uh, Jesus, he speaks about how there's a woe to the scribes and the Pharisees. And he calls them hypocrites because ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. But he says, but you have omitted, you have left out the weightier matters of the law. And he lists judgment, mercy, faith. These ought ye have done and not leave the others undone. So what he is actually showing is that there is um, there are weightier matters of and the matters is like importance and the weight is like higher importance. There's a lot of times when we look at opportunities, we're like everything's of equal importance. Everything's a priority. But in reality, if you're saying that everything's a priority, you're really saying you have no priorities. Because the very word priority shows the word priorities, uh, plural, didn't exist until the last hundred years. It was, priority is one thing. What is the one thing that matters most and is of utmost importance? These are the things that um, should get the first attention. And um, Jesus was showing that they're not all tasks, not all um, things that we could do are of equal importance. And when you realize, yeah, all things could have importance, but think of uh, importance as 
maybe not so much like a toggle switch, whether it is or is not important, but think of it maybe as a, like a sliding scale. Like on a scale from one to 10, sometimes I like to ask myself, on a scale from one to 10, like these three things are super important, but if 10 is like absolutely important, like there's nothing more, and one's like, eh, not really, which one are these? I might find that item one is like, well, that would be a seven. Or this is like a, this is a six. This is like a nine or a 10 that gives clarity. So the one that's like a nine or a 10, let's go with that one of importance. And that helps tremendously when prioritizing things. And it come and so the principle, I want to give you this rule of thumb that really helps to prioritize what we're going to do. And it's known as the 80-20 rule. And the 80-20 rule basically states that 20% of your tasks of what you do is going to bring 80% of the results. And when you realize that there's a there's this uh, economist back in the day and he started noticing how this 80-20 is applied in all things, the quality control, it's applied in like 20% of uh, often in business, 20% of the customers bring 80% of, of the income of the organization or uh, 20% of the uh, workers are producing 80% of the results or, and or just goes down the list. There is like um, this 80-20 rule is just all over the place. Once you become aware that not all things are of like equal impact or importance, it really clarifies things. So ask yourself, what is the one thing or what is the high leverage task that I can do and prioritize or what are the high level subjects that I can learn or, or the things high leverage that are going to make the biggest difference that I could focus on such as by focusing makes everything else easier or it's going to bring 80% of the efforts then this will help tremendously uh, because otherwise we are going to be uh, fine that we um, we often major in minor things and uh, like we are just so focused and engrossed on all these little things that really, if you ask, like, if they don't get done, who's going to suffer? Who's it going to affect? Who, what does it really matter whether it happens or doesn't happen? We get stressed out about all the things we didn't do, and we don't take time to be grateful for the things that we did do. Instead of looking at the 97% that didn't get done, be grateful, extremely grateful for the 3% that was done. Slow progress is still progress. Jesus said in in Matthew 23, 24, ye blind guides which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. God doesn't want us to major in minor things, make a big deal out of a little gnat. God wants us to major in major things, to, to stand for Christ and stand firm for the things that matter most, that matter most to you and matter most to God and what God's calling is for you. Not so much what other people want for you, but what does God want for you? Because if you don't choose your priorities, someone else will choose them for you. So that's tip number three, is this 80-20 rule. 20% of the, the effort causes 80% of the results. Now, the fourth one is this principle from Isaiah 55, verse 9. God says that um, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts, and my ways higher than your ways. So God is showing that there is a, a much, uh, he's seeing things from a much higher overview that is encompassing. His principles are much higher than the things that we think. We're very low. The closer we come to earth and the, the closer we think of the things of this world or, or the short-sightedness that often like blinds or confuses us, when we're thinking of short-term gain and losing sight of long-term um, value and long-term 
uh, impact that we could be doing, that's usually where we start making some mistakes in prioritizing our focus. Sometimes I have to ask myself, what am I willing to sacrifice today so I could do more abundantly in the future? And and looking into the future, we have to see a bigger picture and to see what are the possibilities and what would be um, the higher ways that God has. And this is what I would encourage us to do is number four is to seek out higher level principles. And what I mean by higher level principles are things that are broader and all encompassing that by focusing on these higher level things, it will make everything else easier and necessary. Where lower level is more detailed, more specific, more exact to one area of life. And for instance, like in the Army of Youth, we like to focus on higher level principles and sharing with you, not just specifics, but um, areas that are, you could easily apply these principles to every area and calling of life. Whether you're called um, to be a, a business representative for Christ, whether you're called to be a singing missionary, whether you're called to be a preacher, an evangelist, a pastor, whether you are to be a modern publisher on social media, whatever the, your calling is in medical missionary or um, true education and training as a teacher or a gospel writer, these principles we share in the Army of Youth can help you at whatever calling that you have in Christ. And um, they can help you to live your calling. So I find that if we start looking for higher level principles and going where these things are taught, and, and which is first in the Bible, and then some people are studying the Bible, they're learning these principles. For example, one higher level principle I, I, we found is why we started here is how to study the Bible. I find there's many ministries, many organizations that will tell you what the Bible says. And they'll tell you what to believe. And I don't believe there's anything wrong with that. But I have found that a lot of times when we're teaching what the Bible says, I might be wrong. And I could have given some misinformation. And um, how much, like where and how often do we teach how to find what the Bible says? I believe the foundation of all true education is to know and understand the will of God and how to find direction from God in His Word. That, I believe, is a higher principle than the specifics of what the Bible says about waking up. I'd rather show you principles of how to study the Bible so you can apply these biblically-based principles to search out anything that God's Word says. You don't have to rely on a preacher, on a speaker, on your favorite pastor, your favorite a uh, uh, spiritual leader, you can go straight to the Word of God and rely on Him and not trust a man. And I realize that the more young people who are equipped to know how to study the Bible for themselves, to reclaim their devotions, to find direction from God and not man, then they are able to run while other people are, are not as much. So that is a higher level principle as opposed to specifically like what does the Bible say about this subject or this topic and telling people what to believe showing them how they can find and allow God to really show them. Because I believe the Bible is the truth, and it's going to lead people into all truth. And the more that people spend in God's Word, His Holy Spirit illuminates it and guides people into all truth. So these are some of the reasons why at the Army of Youth we focus on high-level principles so that you can live your calling. Now, if you are interested in knowing more tips like this on how you could take these one thing and have a system for you to integrate on your daily basis of carrying out these the most high leverage thing to have that clarity to identify what is the high level principle that would that should govern your 
focus at this time where we put together this Live Your Calling daily account book. And this book is designed to help people like you to be able to identify and sift through like what is most important and to stay focused in the calling that God has for you and the clarity that he has. This helps you to have examination, discovery of what matters most in your experience as you examine the day and the, the greatest lessons that you had. So you don't forget them because there's gold in those, those lessons. And so we put this together. This is a daily account book for you to be able to live your calling and have greater clarity and focus in the direction that God has for your life. So if you want to get this, I encourage you to go to thearmyofyouth.com forward slash account book and you can get your copy today. Just go over to thearmyofyouth.com forward slash account book and uh, we would love to ship this out to you. And remember, um, if you like this video, then hit like and comment below. I'd, I'd love to hear from you what, uh, what stood out to you the most in, in this message. Which of these four do you, brought you the most clarity? in um, helping you to find your one thing. And if you have other questions about how to find it, then let me know in the comments also. I would love to hear from you. And um, share this video with someone else who you think is find, looking for direction from God, wants to understand more of what is the one thing they could do. Such as by doing would make everything else easier or unnecessary. Thank you so much for watching. And remember that God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called.